0: You're listening to Rock Out With, hosted by me, Danny Fay. There you go. Okay. So, hey, and welcome on to Rock Out With. Thank you for joining me.
1: It's pleasure to be here. Huh? Thanks so, for having hey, us.
0: You, mm-hmm. you just want to introduce yourself so everybody knows.
1: I'm Dev from Punishment Essay, I do shouting and general noise
2: making. I'm um, Sean from Punishment SA. I play the bass and I do all the high bits that he can. Yeah. Son of a. True. One, oh, The first one. That's
0: one. Oh, is there anyone missing or is it just
1: the two of you? We're the main guys. Yeah. Um, we hire in help as and as when we need sort of extras. We just find that other people sort of slow the process down. So.
0: Yeah. So you tend to use like session musicians
1: and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm down in the south and Sean's up north. So it makes sense to pick up people local to where we're doing the show. So one of us has to go the furthest distance, but not loads of us.
0: (laughs) Whereabouts in the south are you? Because I'm down south as well.
1: Um, Portsmouth, right on the coast. Oh,
0: okay.
1: Yeah, for my sins. Yeah, so I'm southeast. Yeah, it's nice in the southeast it's um yeah you feel my pain being down here right this the rock scene down here is shit yeah that's the word <laughs> i juice, that's the word i was looking for it's bad you know
0: what's it what's like the- cold <laughs>
2: yeah on the rock I'm, scene i'm from a small town <laughs> oh the rock scene yeah. cold <laughs> i think he was right the first time <laughs> No, it's 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 good. It's 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 still there. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of bars in Manchester. I'm I'm from a small town about an hour away, um, but you still hear about it. You got Manchester, Liverpool, then over Yorkshire as well. They they still seem to be doing a lot of gigs at sort of like lower levels as well. And yeah, there's there's, there's still bands out there.
0: Always good to hear. Right. There's like
2: one venue
1: left in Portsmouth. That's it. <laughs> You know
0: one more than I've got there,
1: so <laughs> <laughs> really nothing there
0: all I've got around here is locally what it's just pubs, which obviously yeah. you've got like the tiny it's a step in the corner
2: yeah
0: it's, that's that's it it's that sounds shit. like some
1: of the glamorous venues we've been looking at recently
2: <laughs> yep
0: <laughs> so yeah, right let's just drop straight into it and talk about your new single covered in blue you um are-
1: Say, I guess I'm falling apart again. Can't put a finger on why. I guess I'm just a bit of a dick sometimes. You're introverted, extroverted. You're so heavily perverted. Trying to create, but you never want to wait. And there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah.
0: Uh, It's out next month, is that right?
1: Uh, 6th of May, I believe. 6th of
0: May, okay, because I'm confused about the dates because obviously on your Facebook it says the 5th Mm -hmm. and then obviously on your press releases it says the 6th with the video on the 4th, so it's like what
2: day? (laughs) Well, yeah, Yeah. there (laughs) is a (laughs) a process (laughs) to (laughs) this.
1: Yeah, there is a process to this. Um, Essentially, with social media and algorithms being the way they are, um, we found that because we've released a couple of things off the album and we're trying to do the sort of do it periodically. We found if you drop everything on the same day, people will gravitate towards one or the other, maybe Uh the video on YouTube, maybe Spotify, something like that. But we found if you stagger it, so you've got the video that people can sort of watch and that can filter in. um, That tends to get more traffic on the first day. And then the next day it goes for physical release. Um, uh, and it goes to the sort of band camp style. People can buy it, and then it goes to Spotify, where you know all good music goes to die.
0: <laughs> oh dear! Yeah, well put.
1: Yeah, that's so. That's the idea of, of splitting up. And uh, I've, I think we we, we signed with um, we signed with a label for distribution, and they're dealing with all the physical side of things for us. And so we, we let them know we were putting a single out and that seems to have put the cat amongst the pigeons with them. They're like oh, okay. you can't do that. We're like, well, we're doing it. So we'll see how that plays out. Yeah.
0: Fingers crossed it
2: not badly. Um yeah. yeah. It's working all right so far.
1: Yeah, yeah. A little bit of friction goes a long way. Yeah. <laughs> so let's not clip that for anything. Yeah. <laughs> Too late. Lizzie. We'll Too late.
0: Uh, so how does the song differ from your other songs
2: pacing big big time it's it's not the big big rock song but it's still got its place it still packs a punch you know it still kicks your ass a little bit as well but it's it's a it's a slower pace than it was it starts off and you, you sort of listen in and then bang
1: it's just got much more dynamics to it. Um, yeah, I, th- I think if, if 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 you look at the album as a whole, it was um, it was very reactionary to losing a really good friend of mine and uh, sort of contemplating uh, loss and death and things like that. But trying to do it in an upbeat manner, you know, <laughs> there's there's, there's enough there's enough albums out there with people um, addressing it completely bleak. So it's more like looking back and being mindful of death rather than sort of you know, burning churches, you know, that's all behind me now. But, uh, and the album is quite aggressive um, in that sense, uh, sonically. So it felt nice to have it come down a notch and uh, be a little bit more introspective into the joys of being on your own. (laughs) Celebrate isolation. There's so many COVID songs out there and I got fed up with people talking about the politics of it. And, you know, you had these punk bands saying things like, oh, I don't want to wear a mask. And you're like, oh, shut up. Like, that's boring. You know, I wanted to talk about the fact that I really enjoyed lockdown. It was great. You know, I was sat by myself. So, yeah, I, no, I loved it. It was amazing. It's all I've ever wanted. You know, just wanted to be at home, getting drunk, making music. You know, so and uh, I-, <laughs> and I wanted to celebrate that a little bit and make it sound like it was, you know, make it sound good too.
0: <laughs> so the next question was what's the song about well, so you've said it's like about the isolation and stuff was that because of your friend or lockdown or loads of different things
1: well I think during lockdown um people got time to think for the, f- for the first time in a long time and I suppose a lot of people didn't like what they <laughs> suddenly had to think about <laughs> yeah. and um and I sort of I sort of sat there and um so sort I of thought, I'm, re- I'm really enjoying this, you know, I'm enjoying slowing everything down. And, and it it's hard, you know, because admitting that means that you, how can I put it? My phone was ringing a lot more during lockdown than it was before. And I, I became more reclusive. I found it harder to pick up the phone. And yet I was talking to more people, you know, through chatting and stuff. But people who actually mattered to me, I found myself more withdrawn from them. And I found that kind of an interesting thing that was happening. I was more drawn to the attention of strangers than, you know, reassuring people that actually did care. And uh, yeah, I think that's what triggered the song. Also, them messaging me being like, you're a dick. You never answer your phone. (laughs) So that is also true. (laughs) Terrified of answering the phone. Who isn't?
0: I think that's a generational thing. It's like, we just watch it ring. Like, yeah.
1: Is there anything more aggressive than when someone texts you? How you doing? I'm good. Phone
2: rings. That's terrifying. Yeah. Who has that level of confidence? <laughs> you know? It, it was the opposite for me. People ring and then I'll message them back 10 minutes later going, oh, I missed your call. What did you want?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's such a pro move, man. Such a pro move.
0: Yeah, yes, because like half the time you're texting whilst you're on the toilet, and
1: you're like, I'm not going to answer the phone. No, no, I'm certainly not going to video chat. As brilliant as that would be, you know, they
0: wouldn't ring nope. you again. So maybe that's the answer. <laughs>
1: they, well, no, no, no comment. Depend, depending at what stage they caught you at, you know. <laughs> they might think you are in grave peril.
0: i <laughs> uh, so you touched about talking about an album which you've got plans to release one later in the year is that the idea
1: yeah it was, it was recorded it was actually recorded christmas last year so the end of 2022 and it was mixed and mastered over the next couple of months and we went into pre-sales and sort of let people know and it was the first time we'd ever done sort of like the whole pr thing and actually approaching people and stuff and and, and it was um it was the response was actually really good you know people were pre-ordering it there was sales there was a final plan there was we were like okay let's go <laughs> obviously we're that, that's it now this is my new job and um and then a record company got got in touch and said this is how we're gonna uh spread it out slip trip records and they they were like well we want to sell it in europe you know people are listening to you there and this sort of stuff and we were like okay let's go That sounds amazing. Now, nothing happens fast with a record label. No. So all these people are sat here going, I've given you my money. Where's my goddamn CD? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I don't know. Speak to them. (laughs) But you don't want to lose fans, so you've got to be honest, you know. Yeah. So um and it was a very slow process getting it ready for release. And I think it's the 25th of July. They're they're actually finally putting it out. Um, and that's It's going to be good. There's like pre-sales in Europe and all sorts of things. So, yeah, it's quite exciting. So I think think that's going to be our target market. Go buy some bratwurst. (laughs) Steins.
0: That will be a lot of travelling.
1: Not good for a recluse, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, Will it be released on like all physical formats? Is the vinyl still in the play or
1: we actually um, might be selling <laughs> might be getting ourselves in trouble here, but we did actually sell a lot of the vinyls and they were made and shipped, and we've got lovely photos of people holding them quite proud <laughs> yeah. of them um so again, you know that's we'll see how that plays out, but I don't think that's a problem because it's a licensing deal, so they're not exclusively buying the album they're just bought bought the rights to sell it for 2 years and promote it and things like that so i think it's actually okay yeah, I'm just going to us... move
2: upstairs once okay.
1: no worries, mate it's um so it makes me sound more rebellious than perhaps we are it's just uh it was a crossover thing but i believe it's coming to digipack really nice gatefold digipack um and i don't think they're doing a vinyl on this run so they're ah. super limited edition now i love that <laughs> I don't have one, but you know, <laughs> I'd quite like one.
0: I was gonna oh, say, you should one. probably have one yourself. You know, it's it's your album.
1: This is what I thought. I thought there were gonna be some left over. <laughs> you know, natural modesty is like, nah, we'll have a box load of them. It'll be all right, give one to my mum for Christmas. You know,
2: but no, no, they Can all you... went. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, no, there's no signal in the pit.
1: And I wanted to do cassette as well. I wanted to do tape. Yeah, they're coming back. I love tape. It sounds great. It's such a warm sound. I love it. But, um, you know, I think we, we put up the idea for pre-sales of tapes and about two people got in touch. And I was just like, no, nah, I don't believe that. That's the exact number of people in the UK that own a tape player.
2: Two. That's it. It's a great idea, but it's very niche, isn't it? It is niche,
0: yeah. yeah. I mean, they're starting to come back. I've got a few cassettes myself, but um, it's, it's hit and miss.
1: <laughs> Some of my favorite albums I've got on tape, and I've got a tape player here. I don't know if you can see it, but you probably can't see it. <laughs> and um, and you, you press play on it and you listen to them, and there's a and they're just completely ruined. Well, I've listened to them to death as a kid. Some albums sound better that way,
0: well, yeah. But it's like, again, the whole generation thing is you go, what's the what's the correlation between a cassette and a pencil? And if you don't know,
1: you're too young.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> absolutely. Spinning it round like that.
2: <laughs> if she <laughs> if doesn't get it, she's too young for you, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Uh, yeah, right. So how do you record if you're both in, like, completely opposite ends of the country
2: <laughs> well
1: usually i will i will demo up some ideas um i've, I've got an electric kit in here and and very bits and pieces um, and i've got a studio that, that i run as a production company as well so i do during during the day as it were um and i'll get these ideas together and i'll send them over to sean with a very very loose brief i'll let him take it from there
2: yeah, so where I've just come from, the uh, the place where your signal goes to die. Uh, I built a little cellar studio. Uh, we called it the Spider Pit. Now it's, it's just shortened to the pit. Uh, so I, I've got myself a modest little setup there. And yeah, he's, he sends some stuff over to me and goes, right, this is where I'm at. Keep, but add some evil vocals, as it were. <laughs> yeah. Not start that. I'm starting. Let's Two, not start that. That's why I'm here. True. It's why you brought me in. Uh, yeah. And he just goes, "Yeah, play something on that. Find space for your vocals, and you know, I'll, I'll I'll use what I need to use. And I I always just overdo it, so he's got more to play with. The yeah. same That's, as when I write something, I I try and get some sort of idea. I haven't got an electric kit, so I have to manually input everything. Get get a, Get a vibe of the drums, send it over to him, and then he can make them sound like actual drums.
1: Because it also works the other way as well. Sean Sean sends songs through to me. Um, there's two really great songs that are gonna go on the next record, <laughs> and uh they, yeah, they are amazing. And so then I have to try and realize them from my side as well while staying true to you know how how he pitches them. So it's um it's quite collaborative and uh and then we, we, we sit we on things for a little while so we, yeah. we don't we don't mess around things get done quick and then yeah. we, we we let it rest because inevitably when you're walking around with your headphones on you hear things that you don't hear when you're in the moment yeah um, and i think that's that's, that's such an inf- an informed part of the process that sort of really allows you to cut out the stuff where other people are walking
2: around listening to it going
1: Meh.
2: you're trying to get rid of the
1: Meh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah headphones to us are a big deal. you will send over a demo. I'll get a minute and I'll listen to it on my phone and go, right, I like how that sounds. The headphones are going on now. And then I'll really get into it having just heard it. I'll then listen to it immediately again with headphones and go, right, maybe try this, maybe have a look at that. And Same, yeah. same with the stuff as well.
0: They just make everything sound different, don't they?
1: They do. Yeah. It's to do with the binaural sort of field because things sound like they're left and right. But when you put them into speakers, they're not—they're yeah. not actually that far around. So it's quite an interesting, um, interesting thing. Things sound great on headphones; they sound shit on speakers. That's, <laughs> that's usually the rule. So uh, yeah, you got to try and find that balance.
0: I've—I've uh, I've got to ask because it's—it's one. Have you got two cups?
1: Two cups?
0: Yeah.
1: What do you it's mean? Like
0: you're drinking from two different cups?
1: Yeah. This is um. <laughs> this is a. No, I've only got one cup only- <laughs> what's, what's, what's made you think I've got two cups?
0: I think it was just where it was like On the video, it just looked like it was a different cup To what you were drinking from Do
1: you know what, that would have been One of the most masterful interview techniques Of all time <laughs> like Just keep drinking from a different cup every time <laughs> Damn it I
2: should have thought of that, you're a genius just, just, just don't ask him what's in the cup And everyone gets on fine Yeah, that's probably safer <laughs>
0: Well, I'm going to go it's got Costa written on it, so I'm open. Coffee.
1: Diversionary tactics. <laughs> Diversionary tactics. Now, I haven't gone. I, you I've actually cut down on drinking booze out of cups. I haven't cut down on booze, but I've cut down on booze out of cups. You know, <laughs>
2: Tastes better. Yeah, Bailey's out of a shoe.
1: <laughs> Must be a northern thing. No, just the one cup. <clears throat>
0: Oh dear, sorry. You said Bailey's out of a shoe and my brain instantly went,
2: oh, Greg.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She gets it. She gets it. I love the boosh. It's (laughs) fine.
2: Can't can't beat a bit of the boosh. All right,
0: anyway, (laughs) do you have any live shows planned like coming up around this single release?
1: Well, that's an interesting thing, actually. You know, we were chatting about it just before we come on here. Uh, Playing gigs in this country is a mess at the moment. It really is a mess. In the South, it's like a no-go at all. Unless you're a big touring production with lots of money behind you, it's, it's almost impossible. Now, up North, there is a rock scene, but from what I can tell, it's very much you have to be of a certain look to make it happen. You have to be in that whole thing. You have to pretend you're from Hollywood and, you know, you're singing songs about being fallen angels and stuff. I don't know what they're about. I I can't work them out. I have no idea what they're talking about. I listened to it. I was like, what on earth is that song about? And so it's very hard to sort of penetrate that at that level because that's the ideal size venue we would be looking at at this stage, you know. Um, And so it seems like a closed door in a lot of ways, which leads into Slip Tricks records you know sort of saying come play in europe and we're like yeah yeah we'll do that instead you know my grasp on english being as bad as it is it won't be any hindrance you know (laughs) so we looked into that and then we were we found out that post-brexit yeah europe is now a nightmare to do so the idea of touring europe is also off the table
0: yeah, they've like just made it more difficult, haven't they? Because you've got like visas and stuff
1: now, and you're actually oh, putting yeah.
0: more money out than you're going
1: to get in. Have you heard about the t-shirt thing, the merch sales? Yeah, you have. You have to tell them what you're going to sell in advance. Now, I've done a few drugs in my life, but I can't tell the future. <laughs> I, you know, I certainly can't predict how people are going to spend their money. Otherwise, I'd probably be doing a better job. <laughs> you know, I'd probably be earning more than a musician pays. You know, but. So what we looked at was actually festivals in Europe. So it looks like um, Sliptrick are putting us on some bills and that's sort of into sort of the later half of the year. And we're going to be going out there on flights and picking up gear locally. And, uh, you know, if the visa people are watching this video, this is just artistic license and storytelling. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I've never played music in my life. Officers, but um, that's that's essentially how we're going to go. Um, we are going to do shows in the UK, um, I think later in the year. We have got some bits and pieces planned that are quite exciting, but um, we're not going to be one of those bands that plays to death, if you know what I mean. We're, we're not going to be out of massive wagons it and sort of play every toilet around to build it up. Yeah. Um, we're going to have to try and keep the shows pretty special and be worth traveling to, you know. So if yeah. we are coming by, check <clears throat> us out because you don't know when. The next time we will be able to
2: this is it we, we were talking about like at least in the uk just spot shows here and there you know pick, picking one and then it might be another couple of months and then we'll go to somewhere different and do our show just trying to trying to establish relationships with bands that do that as well so it's not just mm-hmm. us turning up and people going well who are you yeah. but if it's another band that is in a, in a similar sort of style and place that we are, if we can get on with them as well, then obviously they've got someone to play off of and we've got new people to play to as well because ultimately because we haven't played anywhere yet as this this version of the band, no one really knows who we are in that sense yet. So we know we can't we can't sell out a medium sized venue based on who we are yeah. because you know who, who are we? Who am I? Well, I call it creating
1: demand. <laughs> you know at the end of the day, you, so many bands get there's two types of bands uh, uh, from medium level downwards. They're ones who have a legacy member, so someone who was a thing at one point in their career, and that's why people come to them. Yeah. Or they are ones who are just inviting their mates. Neither of those things are useful to us, really. Because <laughs> uh, I, I was in a band when I you know, in my early 20s, and we, we did really well, a band called Little London. And we were quite an underground band. But we made enough waves that we played at the first and the second Sonosphere up at Nebworth, you know. So we really, really got somewhere. Problem was that didn't convert into money, um, yeah. and just got fed up of being hungry, you know. So went and got a job, and hated that. And so we come back, but the music landscape is not the same now with social media. You can't just book shows. Uh, Gigs and fill them up with people anymore. It's that that mm. doesn't really exist, especially in the UK. People only go to shows if they know what they're going to see. People don't go to a show for a night out, whereas in Europe they still do. Yeah, they're like, "What's in town? It's a rock show. Who is it? Never heard of him. Let's go anyway." They don't do that <laughs> here. No one does that here. No one sees a rock show as a night out. They are gracing it with their presence. No,
0: and, and that's like, why oh. all the venues, like, especially grassroots ones, are closing down.
1: Yeah, of course. Because people don't see it as a night out anymore. They don't they don't want to go out to be entertained. They want to stay home on their iPads and listen to the same music they've been listening to for twenty years.
2: You know? I actually read someone's post uh, not too long ago. She she works for a, a prom, like a, a promotion in Liverpool and Manchester. Uh they're having problems with venues at the minute because they're not getting enough pre sales to then warrant wanting to open the venue to them. Yeah, and they're not willing to take the risk on people just turning up. So th- there's there's a handful of gigs there alone that just get cancelled because the venues have said, "Well, we don't we don't think you've sold enough." So no, yeah, and that seems to be the problem that bands like us are going to face.
1: Well, there have been offers as well. As a final thing, sorry, we're rambling on. i not rambling on. <laughs> Aren't are you ever like, God, I wish I hadn't asked, but like. <laughs> we have had offers of gigs. We've had some really cool ones. I think JJ from city kids up, up North, you know, he really wanted to get us up to a couple of shows, um, that he was doing to launch his new record. But the way we want to do things, I, I always envisioned it as two types of shows we would do. There would be like the gorilla show where we would turn up. I, and I mean, gorilla in the sort of combative sort of term. Um, so Sean, no, um, <laughs> I mean, the, the sort of show where we turn up, we we keep it really dirty, like, you know, three piece on the stage, really tearing it up because we know that works. We know that really works. And we, we've we got a set list varied enough to be able to pick songs, to be able to deliver that. Yeah. But but there's also like a bigger show which incorporates some of the more esoteric stuff we do, you know. And uh, and I, it's just trying to find the shows that will work for that. But that one is quite expensive to pull off because we have to hire in musicians to... To fill out the numbers and stuff, um, and it—you know—when someone's offering you a, a cut of the bar for going to do that, it's like yeah. rather hire the place and do it ourselves, you know. Yeah. You know, so it's—it's it's trying to find a balancing act between all of it. Um, and I, yeah, I spent most of my life on tour when I was in my early twenties, so not in a dire rush to go out and play shows to twelve people. You know, <laughs> I'd love it. I would love it, but it's it's got to make sense, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. Otherwise, I
1: I'm just, just stroking your own ego at that point.
0: Yeah, I know. It, like venue I used to work at as a sound tech, it was we'd have bands on every Friday and Saturday, but half the time the audience was just filled up with the other bands. Oh yeah, and their friends and drunk people who didn't care. No,
1: no. And I see that translating. <coughs> I see that a t- tough gig, sound tech. By the way, um, <laughs> I I did that for. Eight years. um, And I was in America for three of those years as a sound tech. (laughs) It was carnage. But I think that translates into social media in a way. You know, like you can watch a band getting 100 to 1,000 likes on their posts, you know. And again, that cuts down into three different groups. Is it a legacy person that perhaps was big in the early 90s? See, now they come to social media. People feel like they're communicating with them. So they get huge engagement. But are they selling anything are are they actually are they getting any bigger? Are they bringing anyone else in? Usually not usually not. You might see a band that can pull two hundred say likes and comments on just an average post. How many of those people are actually fans of what they do or just people they know? I mean, how many band posts do you see that have four likes and how many people are in the band? yeah. <laughs> You know, it's that's the same as playing a gig to four people, and they're in the other band. Yeah, you know, and I think you've got to try and avoid that because that gets demoralising <coughs> really quickly. You know, and we we we've been quite lucky that once we do get people's attention, which is the hardest thing to pull off these days, is is grabbing giving people a reason to listen to you. I think once we've got their attention, we've been quite lucky that we've retained them, or we've. I don't like the term fan but people enjoy what we do you know and they uh and they, they stick around and, and i i really like that that feels more important than just a lot of fair weather friends clicking on your post that, it's like...
0: quality over quantity isn't it
1: absolutely you yeah. want steady growth
0: yeah. steady
1: growth kind of like the opposite of me as a person yeah <laughs>
0: So who or what inspires you musically?
1: Sean, do you want to take this one? i <laughs> sick of the sound of my voice.
2: <laughs> I mean, at, at the minute, for me, uh, it's, it's a lot of what I have listened to. Um, at, the, at the minute, I'm, I'm going back to the well of stuff that I enjoyed in my 20s. Um, that's not to say that things that are coming out now I don't enjoy as well. I just... I'm I'm going back to familiarity, so I'm listening to a lot of you know like Scott Sorry and Rancid, so that that's all coming through in my my writing at the minute.
1: I oh, can hear then, that.
2: Yeah. yeah, when it when it comes to uh, writing lyrics, it's always the hardest thing for me to do. So for that, I'm trying to draw on my own personal life experiences without making it a song about me necessarily. I'm, so I'm trying to I'm trying to flip things that i've gone through and turn it into a story rather than hey look at me this is how i felt like this this is how we have felt at some point so it's more accessible and not just all right nice one what's next
1: here's a song about being a fallen angel (laughs) (laughs) Hollywood. yeah exactly walking (laughs) down the strip no you're not you're not you live in doncaster you are not walking down the strip Eyeliner Absolutely. does not make you more glamorous as a musician. It doesn't. It makes you look cool, but that's, anyway.
2: Yeah, <laughs> like I'm, 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 trying, I'm trying to write songs that can be related to. Like I'm not trying to write about things and places that I've never been and never done.
1: I think Nothing. for me, uh, I think me and Sean cross over a lot in our musical tastes. Um, we actually met, at a, but it's quite a cool story of how we met. Um, I went. <laughs> To Wolverhampton to like a ginger Halloween show many years ago. God knows when that was 10 years, maybe eight, more? Yes, eight, nine years. Eight nine years. And I was hammered. And I was dressed as a zombie. And I was I was so drunk. I was stand at the back with your shirt off, drunk. You know, I was really, really drunk. And fortunately, there was another guy at the back who was just as drunk as me. So we ended up. Perfect. Yeah, we ended up arms around each other singing at the top of our lungs just having a great time lost each other a, a little bit later and that was that and uh 10 years later oh, head to lockdown i started doing some playthrough videos of um wild heart songs and things just playing guitar to him stuff to keep you busy yeah and uh and sean starts getting in touch with me and you know because he also does videos like that at the time and uh we start chatting having a laugh and getting on and uh Months go by, and then suddenly I talk about this Wolverhampton show I went to one point. Exactly how that conversation started. He went, "Yeah, I was there. Oh, I remember getting smashed at the back with some dudes." And I was like, <laughs> "I said, like, dude, that was me." He was like, "Oh my god!" So we started a band.
2: That was it. <laughs> <laughs> no. yeah. But yeah, that
1: said, it was just weird that, that we'd met like randomly in that sense, and then sort of picked it up. So.
0: See, that's there why a- rock shows should exist more.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Look at the music. It's now bought the world. Yeah. And um, so our tastes sort of cross <laughs> over that sort of Brit rock sort of time, which often gets misinterpreted as bands like Oasis and stuff. But I don't see Brit rock as that. I see it as like uh, the Almighty, television um, The Wild Hearts, Therapy, you know, Manic Street Preachers, That's that sort of side of things. But I've also really... I mean, I really love uh, sort of Devin Townsend's more aggressive and ambient works and, and Faith No More. And, yeah, I, I find stuff like that really it sort of pushes me forward. I've moved away from being influenced by the Wild Hearts so much, mainly because they, they're such a unique thing. The way they do it is their way of doing it. And I think the way we do it is our way of doing it. Yeah. But as soon as, soon as you do a big riff and you don't scream over it, you, you sing over it. People just go, oh, you're the Wild arts. It's like, no, 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 we're not. We're not. We're not. But um, we're not trying to be either. Um, But uh, I try to be served by this song. I find, like like Sean said, I don't want to get into uh, concept album territory for too long. It's just turned out that, you know, the first album, I'd gone through a messy divorce and screwed my life up. And I was like, "Eh, let's make it about that. The second album, things had gone very wrong, and I had to clean my life up. And then this album, obviously, was was a reaction to quite a huge loss. And now, me and Sean have already started work on the next record. And there's no blueprint, no blueprint, other than cheer the fuck up, Dev. Like <laughs> right, you know, so um, which is an exact phrase he has said to me. Um, yep. And it's worked, you know. This this again is a huge departure. We don't. Every band likes to think that they're, you know, able to move between genres and stuff. But I like to think that every song is a bit different, you know, like we approach it different. There's no template. It's yeah. Um, let the song inform itself, you know, and, and sort of move on from there. And I think that comes from like the Faith No More side of things. You know, you put just, on 12 tracks of Faith No More, you have no clue what's coming next. You just know? add
0: some ukulele and you'll be happy.
1: Do you know what? I think you're right.
0: It's so hard to be up sad with a ukulele on. Isn't it?
1: I've, I had one of those, um you ever had one of those keyboards where you blow in the tube? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's impossible to be sad with one of them. <laughs> impossible. I've tried it. You know, crying into one of them. It's a bit staccato, but it works.
0: Um So where did the name punishment essay come from?
1: Him. Yeah, this is a me one. Um, <laughs> I was actually working um, for Brit Row up in London as a sort of freelance engineer and I'd really hurt my back. So I was doing, uh, I was doing a lot of warehouse work at the time and uh, come off the road. At this point, one of my marriages had fallen apart and and I sort of looked at myself and thought, maybe I'm not always the good guy in the story, you know? so i went and booked a holiday to morocco um with a very good friend of mine arthur mazza and um, we went out there and we met these 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 girls out there and they were uh they turned out to be raf intelligence officers it was it was fascinating we've been you know getting drunk with them and being debaucherous degenerates together yeah. it turned out they had this like really eloquent wonderful job and um And we got talking and I just remember one time saying, yeah, and I met they made me do a punishment essay that day. I was like, I'm sorry, what? And they were like, oh, well, when you do something wrong in the forces, they make you write down what you did wrong, um, how you approached it in the wrong way, what you've learned from it and how you're going to be better in the future. I was like, God, that's brutal. That's exactly what I need to do. (laughs) So um, it just kind of embedded itself there. And then I went home and did Volume One over the course of a month. Just decided to be really honest about myself. So, you know what? What had I done wrong, and um, what what was I approaching in the wrong way? And and it came out really as an aggressive album. But afterwards, I felt awesome. I felt yeah. so good. I felt so good. Like I was like walking around like a ray of sunshine. Everyone was like, "Yeah, I'll check out your record." Oh my god, <laughs> you know, um, and. Then I put that to bed for a while, you know, um, and then some bad things happened again and I found myself doing volume two and and uh, things sort of grew from there, and I think that's kind of where it, it made sense because it was all under Dev Crawford at the time, which I never yeah. really I never really liked the idea of i don't you know you always imagine one dude, Brian Adams, you know <laughs> it's not I like Brian Adams, but <laughs> You know, it's like, hey, here's me and some dudes. Yeah, that just sucks. Dev and the Crawfords. Dev and the Crawfords. Dev and the lads. <laughs> anyway, like, no, no. Like, I just, you got to have a bit of. Also, the, an interesting thing. When it was just Dev Crawford, I'd get a lot of people messaging me direct, saying things like, "Really like your stuff." I'm like, "Great. What can I do with that?" You know, nothing. You know, there's <laughs> there's, there's no engagement there at all, is there? you know it's just, so you build in personal relationships but that doesn't translate to any algorithm and stuff no so as soon as we changed it to punishment essay just started to grow almost immediately it was like ah people want to follow a band you know people I think don't like, the- like
0: so solos is just like when it's just one name it's like oh you're a bit
1: egotistical do you think that's how it comes across because when i was a kid when I was a kid, remember Dave Grohl released The first Food Fighters album yeah. And everyone was like, he did this himself and everyone, was <laughs> like, and everyone was like, oh my god Dave Grohl How many dicks has he got, you know <laughs> And it's like it's it, it was a great thing You know, Trent Reznor doing Nine Inch Nails Everyone was like, wow, it's amazing, he does that all himself Now we live in the age Where people don't know what they're listening to They don't know the authenticity of what they're listening to Especially with AI and stuff like that Oh well, yeah <laughs> You know, and I think people, like, you've got to be a real band. People want that again, I think. And I think having a band name sort of legitimises that a lot, you know. And uh, and also going away from Dev and the Crawfords. I still, I'm. it's growing on me, Sean. It is growing on me. Um, Side project. Yeah, it's like Benny and the Jets, but really shit. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah. Uh am rambling again on uh, I'm terribly sorry. That's cool. Yeah, it,
2: no about it, it. Having it as a band name, it just it, it diverts confusion a bit more, than that. Yeah.
1: Because also I do I do a lot of production work with other bands and I do something called Neon Devil, which is like really dark synthwave stuff. Um it's the best description I can give of it. Now, of course, when that was all under Dev Crawford, you go people get in touch going, Yeah, I like the metal stuff, and then they get this like synthy song and they're like yeah he's an (laughs) arsehole you know and (laughs) you want to try and compartmentalize that into places people can go because people don't have a lot of time to invest in finding stuff these days they want you got maybe one click at best to get to i know
0: that's to be fair that's why i started this whole podcast
1: (laughs) yeah well, i've always together.
0: loved finding like going out it was just the way i was raised i was raised by a musician going out and finding new music It's always been an obsession and then it just with the internet and stuff like that it just got harder and harder and harder
1: yeah absolutely you'd think it'd be easier right? yeah
0: you'd think but then well, i started you- this and i was like you tell you what i'll do the hard work i'll go out and find the cool bands you can find them all in one place
1: <laughs> i like that I think that's Death, awesome. Death, she thinks we're cool. Yeah, I'm not sure she's convinced yet. I'm not sure. Not no. not after most of the stories we've told. No, I've
0: heard the song. It's fine.
1: <laughs> I like it. <laughs> it's a good song, right? It is a it good is song. Good. It is a good song. It's um. Uh, this is an interesting thing, actually. I meant to touch on it earlier on. We were looking at demographics, right? This is a weird thing because I suppose back in the day, right, you know, pre sort of social media. You all really albums. old. You realise that I am so old. Like I am so old. Yeah. You have no idea how old I am. <laughs> I mean, it's not hard to find, but you know, I'm so old. But pre-social media, right? Like, I suppose record companies, you were really beholden to the information they were they they had. You know, if they said, "Oh, most people buying your records are 25 year old males," you know, who are into these bands, and you could market it that way. Today, you can sort of see who is clicking. Exactly who is clicking on your Spotify songs? Yes, it's, it's crazy. <coughs> Turns out, lots of Scandinavian women, lots of American males, and loads of people in Australia and Europe. And we're like, okay. And the UK, you know, funny thing is, in the UK, they tend to buy it. So they're not really using Spotify to find smaller bands. That they're still supporting bands.
2: Mm
1: which I think is quite cool. Whereas Americans, they just want to consume it, which it's also cool. You know, reach is a good thing, but we look on them. We look at the demographic and we're looking at women and men and women are catching up with this album um, uh, as, as an audience and they're starting to overtake it. So it's probably a good time for a song that's, you know, not quite as uh, blisteringly metal as some of the stuff, uh, some of the earlier stuff was. Because I'm moving away from that a little bit as well. So we, we use the term, Lizzie, our, our manager, sort of used the term, Ah, oh, it's girls' music. we like, what, what on earth is girls' music? Because, of course, there is no difference. She mm. doesn't mean it in that sense. She's talking about, say, bands like the Mannix. The reason the Manics was so huge was because they had their male audience, which was huge, but also just a fiercely passionate female audience as well. And they appealed to both of them organically. There was no deliberate attempt. Mm. So, Oh, we're going to write this song as girls music. We're going to write this as boys music. There's nothing that silly, but it's nice to have that third party within our team. Cause Lizzie's a huge part of what we do. She'll sort of sit there and go, I think that appeals more to that sort of manics, sort of broadness. You know, and that's quite interesting. Cause of course me and Sean, we we're in it, we're in the song and, and it's, sometimes it's hard to see how it translates. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I, you know, who doesn't want to have a crowd of, of people that, because the, the other thing is when you make technical music, you, you get musicians at your gigs, you get musicians getting in touch, being like, dude, I love your stuff. They all say, dude, I don't know where that came from, <laughs> but they're all like, "Dude, we love your stuff. It's like, yeah, great. Musicians are awful, 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 awful people. they, they, Do not want to buy your stuff. They feel like, you know, by listening to it, they've done you a huge service, (laughs) gracing you with their time. It's not a good fan base to have. It's good for your ego, perhaps, to have other musicians say, oh, we really like what you do, or that song's really, really cool. But people who are actually fans of music, they're they're the ones that make it, like, when it lands with them, I think it matters more.
0: Well, they're the ones buying it and pushing it yeah. and their friends yeah.
1: to listen to it. Um... being a part of the soundtrack of people's lives is like mm. as as overly dramatic as that sounds. <laughs> if you think about it, all the songs you put on in your life when you're walking around, they matter. They all they all really matter. And to just think that you've become a part of that for some people is um yeah, it's huge. That's the best reason to do it, I think. <laughs>
0: Uh, so I've only got one more question. Uh,
1: this,
0: yeah, this one sometimes stumps people, sometimes they answer straight away. So
1: This is your one, Sean.
0: <laughs> if you could rock out with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be? Oh.
1: <laughs> mm. <laughs> when you say rock out. Yeah. Do you mean like um, play music with?
0: Yeah, jam with, yeah.
1: Scott, sorry. Scott, sorry. Scott, sorry. Immediately. There's a bit of a man crush going on there. (laughs) (laughs) There's a little bit of a man crush going on there. I'd have to say probably Mike Patton uh, from Faith No More. Um, I'd love to make an album so weird that, you know, even we didn't want to buy a copy of it. (laughs) <laughs> you know, so it'd be like him eating carrots while I play badly on a cello, screaming into a, a funnel, you know, and uh we'll get an army of nose flute players, and it'll be five hours long.
0: well, you know, that has to happen,
1: uh, <laughs> you know what I mean, who wouldn't buy that? No one that's who, no, but I think yeah mike pan is he's just an incredible talent, um, and the fact that he's he made singing and using his voice such a respected thing because you know you think the time he came from singers were very they were still remnants of the 80s you know where it was all about you know posturing and stuff like that and there's there's him who's undeniably a pretty boy um determined to make himself as repulsive as popular as possible to the entire world you know and failing miserably but yeah townsend or churchill I
2: reckon, I reckon he could play a mean guitar solo. You know? Or a drummer. Don't you think Churchill looks like a drummer? Yeah, I was just about to say, I, I can just imagine him sitting down and just giving it some body rich.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I, I picture him as like a North Midlands sort of 80s style drummer. You know, his name's something like Stumpy Stick Hitter or something, you know. Because they were all called Bones or something back in the 80s. <laughs> you couldn't have a drummer who didn't have a nickname. They all had to have a nickname. Bones McGee. <coughs> you know, uh, good drummer, terrible person.
0: <laughs> so, where can people find you?
1: So, if you check, there's there's three main ways to find out about us. If you go on to Spotify and search for Dev Crawford or Punishment Essay, you'll uh, they'll bring up everything we do. Um, we're on Bandcamp as well as Punishment Essay only. Um, you get us on Facebook, and we're constantly updating. And Sean makes some awesome. Uh, skip videos and bits and pieces He's <laughs> he's he's the interesting one of the band um, And also if you join the mailing list Which is at Needsleeprecords at gmail.com um, You can get free songs from us Because we, we actually give quite a lot of stuff away uh, I don't know if bands still do that But you know you, There's songs you can only get hold of Through the mailing list and things like that So it's good fun to be a part of So no, no TikTok No
0: nothing like that
1: um, <laughs> we, did, we did have a TikTok, but Lizzie got us banned. Yeah. Lizzie got us banned after she dis- decided her bum was going to be wiggled in the camera. And then that, you know how TikTok is. Yeah. So, you know, it's okay I, to do it if you have a million followers. But if you've only got a few amount of followers, then they don't like it. You know, uh, there is an Instagram as well, but it, it's all punishment essay. It's all yeah. it's easy to find.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of cross-promotion from the personals as well. So I put something up, I type Punishment Essay in it, and they just have to find out about it later. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Sean, um, yeah, Sean brings a lot of the fun to the social media, and uh, and Lizzie does a great job of running it for us, because I'm useless at it. I I don't understand it. I, re- I really don't.
2: Listen, it's, it's give me free reign, because you don't use it as much. I can just post something at your expense and then you find out about it later. I've, he sat does. A couple of weeks. I've, I've done a full heel turn. Everyone thinks I'm dead nice, but I, I just, I just pick on dev now.
1: He released all these videos with him dressed as me. He looks nothing like me. I look exactly like you. He looks nothing like me. I'm even, I'm even doing you right now. I don't point all the time. Have you noticed my arms have been like this the whole time? Just to prove
2: I it? have noticed. Yeah, I, f- I feel like that was on purpose. So that I haven't been
0: like that the whole time. You've been doing uh, this with the cup. <laughs>
2: oh yeah, with my many many cups. <laughs> He's been keeping his hands occupied so he doesn't point. Devin is many cups of justice.
0: <clears throat> right. Yeah. Anyway, unless do you have anything else you want to say to anybody listening?
1: Um. Yeah. You know, yeah. keep supporting independent music because. You know, a a big record deal is not a sign of quality and an up and coming band. They were all up and coming bands at one point. So, you know, if you're tired of if you're the sort of person who goes online saying, I hate music these days, um, come and find a band that actually is making it for the purpose of the music being good. There is no other reason for doing this other than trying to find people to connect to who want to hear music the way we do. Come check us out. You might be surprised.
2: Right, right now for for a band like us, there there is no right place, right time. We're we're just doing it. We're not hiding it. Come and yeah. find us.
1: Yeah. Come get some. <laughs> it it's true. <laughs> Come get some. Come get some. We've got the goods. You know. Oh, there'll be trouble. There'll be trouble. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Right. Well, Come. thank
0: you for coming on. <laughs>
1: Thank you for your time. Really appreciate it. And for listening to just my inane nonsense.
0: Even if it is stupidly early in the morning.
1: This is like, as for a musician, basically, this is the middle of the night.
0: Yeah, it's the middle of the night.
1: (laughs) It is the middle of the night. I'm sorry. uh, Sorry you endured that. (laughs) It's fine.
0: I'm going to go make coffee.
1: (laughs) Same great plan yeah
0: thank you for coming on (laughs) (laughs)
1: it's been really nice getting to meet you and chat to you it's been great yeah
0: Yeah. and i will speak to you later take good luck with the single release thank you thank you see you later bye